0: Every year, hundreds of young women drown themselves because of the poverty and prejudices of our damnably unfair society. And nature, too, can be ungenerous. You know how often it produces births we call unnatural because they cannot live without artificial help or cannot live at all. Anacephalids, bicephalids, cyclops, and some so unique, science does not name them. Good doctoring ensures the mothers never see these. Some malformations are less grotesque but equally dreadful. Babies without digestive tracts who must starve to death as soon as the umbilical cord is cut if a kind hand does not first smother them. No doctor dare do such a thing or order a nurse to do it, but the thing gets done. And in modern Glasgow, second city of Britain for size and foremost for infant mortality, few parents can afford a coffin, a funeral, and a grave for every dead wee body that they own. Even Catholics can sign their unchristened to limbo. In the workshop of the world, limbo is usually the medical profession. For years, I had been planning to take a discarded body and discarded brain from our social midden heap and unite them in a new life. I now did so. Hence, Bella.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Little Less Podcast. It's a safe place for folks who like the movie more than the book we are recording this episode on Sunday December 17th this is take number two uh welcome to episode number 76 where we will be discussing the adaptation poor things
0: so if you if you count all the multiple takes do you think this is episode like 90
1: definitely we're creeping up on 100
0: there was there was one episode that we like oh did re- like record it all I think yeah we had to re-record the entire thing I don't remember I what remember that was. It was
1: I don't remember what happened
0: I think that's why we have new tech now because like <laughs> the old tech we had it was a sim card yeah okay and i couldn't i I don't think i could
1: tell until later yeah but you know we're we're moving up well we're
0: back now we're not perfect but
1: yeah (laughs) we're doing our best um i'm your host will and with me to talk things over is the furious jumping baby punching malthusian enthusiast and overall poor thing himself mr eric say hello to the people
0: hello uh i i would do my best scottish accent but i i I don't that doesn't exist
1: Uh, gar me t that's more piratey
0: it's uh, I, it's close to Ireland. It's close to Ireland. It's, a, but it's a little bit more,
1: uh, Glasgow, Scotland.
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, you hey, lived I'm, in, well, in England for a while, I'm so William Wallace. Yeah. Okay. Mel <laughs> Gibson. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Mel Gibson no, noted like uh, a accent say? worker. Yeah, what can I say? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Been working on it. Um, cool. Fast facts. Author, uh, Alistair Gray, who has also written the books, uh, Lenark, or Lanark, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, 1982, Janine, and the Book of Prefaces. Publisher was Bloomsbury Press. This book was published in 1992. 318 pages, paperback, and then a Goodreads rating of 4.08. Uh, the film Poor Things, released in Venice this year, were in, in September, uh, where it won uh, the Golden Lion Award, um, which I think is the second highest award at that film festival. Is um, so it like a Platinum Lion? Yeah, basically, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there re- it was released in theaters... Uh, this past weekend, December 15th, uh, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, who has also directed the films Dogtooth, The Lobster, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, The Favourite, and then an upcoming film, uh, Kind of Kindness, uh, which is, should be coming uh, 2024. Screenwriters is Tony McNamara, uh, who also wrote The Favourite and Cruella. The film stars Emma Stone, uh, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, Rami Yusuf, Christopher Abbott, Gerard Carmichael, and uh, our favourite here, Um
0: Margaret Quali. Margaret Quali. I yeah. forgot her name. So live to Live quality and Margaret Quali. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like that. That's good. I don't know.
1: Um. Yeah. And then a runtime of 141 minutes, Rotten Tomato score ninety three percent, and then Metacritic 87 So pretty pretty good.
0: Yeah. The uh, best picture favorite, perhaps? Or like a on the short list? Shortlist for some Oscars this year. Definitely
1: on the short list. Which is sure. why this
0: has made our Oscar season.
1: Yes. And thankfully we got it right this year. Thankfully there's no Borats or um top, top Gun Guns. Mavericks.
0: Top Gun Cole, Maverick.
1: Thank God. We're back to being normal. Have you
0: seen Top Gun Maverick yet?
1: I have, actually. I rated it at four stars. Okay. Good.
0: On Letterboxd. It's just a hot-blooded American movie, you know? I
1: said, my review was, this is a big win for the boomers.
0: It's a big win for everybody, I think. Uh, I would disagree. <laughs> there are no villains. They're just called, what, MiGs, right? It's not Russia. It's not North Korea. Yeah, they're
1: just the enemy.
0: It's, like, so unspecific as to be exciting. Yeah.
1: But the the terrain was, like probably like afghanistan
0: pretty much it was probably like the nevada desert really yeah
1: <laughs> they were fighting the yeah. the Nevadans.
0: yeah like the people that crashed in area 51
1: oh yeah that's true actually maybe they just developed the people or the tech
0: the the things the migs
1: the un- unidentified aerial yeah, phenomena UFOs. the uaps yeah okay eric Give us a quick recap on poor things.
0: So Top Gun Maverick stars Tom Cruise. Oh, wait, sorry. (laughs) Uh, The book follows the account of Archie McCandless, a Scottish public health officer who falls in love with a strange woman named Bella Baxter, uh, who was created by his medical friend, Godwin Baxter, by implanting her unborn child's brain into her lifeless body. So stay with me here. Bella is animated by a desire to see and experience the world as she develops and grows. And all of the book is related secondhand, whether through letters... Um, to Archie, which are printed in his book-length narrative, Bella's own postscript to whoever's reading this decades later, and the author's own notes on both narratives. So it is yeah. a book within a book within uh, a, a historical historical account, account sort of, but sort it's of. fictional. But it's all fictional. Yeah, and it is a bit, I guess, meta because the author does provide notes on the fictional accounting that he's written.
1: It's like a historical fiction, essentially.
0: Yeah. It, it, the, there's a comp to Frankenstein here because it's like yeah. a sort of scientifical rendering for future generations. But then there's also the, like, breaking of the fourth wall. The author gives a, mm-hmm. a, a preface and a, a postscript, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um Postface. Postface. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I don't think that's right, but that's okay. <laughs> It kind of ex- explaining what happened and yeah. how true the events of this fake story were.
1: Yeah. And we'll get into sort of uh, the dynamics of that and how that relates to the film here in a little bit. Um, but first we're going to play a couple games. games. Um, Plus a new game, a new game. Yeah. Um, first, we're going to start with our favorite two truths, one lie, a fan favorite, really. Um, Eric lost last time, but I think he's got to get this one. I made it a little bit easy. So yeah. if you don't get it, then thank gonna, you. you. might be helpless. Thank you. Um, Number one, Alistair Gray uh, gave Yorgos Lanthimos his blessing to adapt his novel after watching The Lobster. Uh, Number two, Yorgos Lanthimos's father uh, played basketball for the Greek national basketball team. Uh, And number three, Emma Stone did not read the book prior to acting in the film. Eric, what do you think?
0: I don't know how this is easier.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's easier for me since I know the answer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: I have no idea if Alistair Gray is still alive. He wrote this book in 1992. That was 30 years ago. Lobster came out, I guess, like 2015. So uh-huh. a decade ago. So it had been like maybe 20 years after he wrote the book. I don't I'm like really overthinking. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. No, it's okay. I'm trying Think to, through it. His dad played basketball for the Greek national team. Mm-hmm. I literally have no idea. Yorgos Lanthimos is 50. I know that. His, so his dad would have played in like the 80s or 90s. Maybe. Big time for like the Kony, Kony Kuk- Tony Koo, Tony Ku coaches. You know, like the little uh, <laughs> slash and kick. Maybe uh, Croatian people. Oh, he's not. I don't, it's, what's Tony Ku coach?
1: Is he Croatian? I have no idea. I've never heard of that person.
0: Oh, he was on the Bulls, like the late '90s Bulls, the Jordan Bulls. Unbelievable. <laughs> and then Emma Stone famously is Ill- <laughs> illiterate. So I, <I'd, laughs> that's the, that's the that's the lie. Oh, sh- <laughs> I can I I could imagine that she did not read this book in order to maintain some sort of like spontaneity because it's a very weird performance. So maybe reading the book puts too much in your head.
1: Mm. Interesting. I have no idea. I like that thought. I literally have no idea. <laughs> I'm
0: going to say that she did not read the book. I'm going to say that. oh well, I'm looking for the truth. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So oh, fuck. you're looking for the, I'm looking the for the lie. lie. Yeah. Lie. So you, yeah. I'm going to say that his dad didn't play basketball for the Greek national basketball team.
1: Is that your final answer? Yes. You are incorrect. Okay, <laughs> he did play for the Greek national basketball team. I found that out on Wikipedia about an hour ago. So.
0: Wow, that's cool. <laughs> it
1: is kind of yeah, it's interesting because he is a tall guy. Is he? Yeah, he's he's pretty mm. tall. Um, I don't think he's like six eight or anything, but I think he's like whatever six three six four. Um, so I guess that checks out. I don't know if, uh, what Greeks what Greece's uh reputation is internationally for development Well now that they got Giannis. They, they got Giannis now. You know a little bit better.
0: It's the stars stars and scrub system, I think. His
1: father was like the, the original Giannis. Okay, so that makes, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. FYI. And then um so the lie is actually number one. Alistair Gray um gave Yogar Sanitamos his blessing to adapt his novel after watching Dog Tooth instead of The Lobster. Oh. So um it's a little bit it's one of his or- earlier films. Uh it's actually a cool story. We posted on social media he like went out to Scotland to meet alistair gray before he died i think in 2011 2012 maybe oh wow yeah uh so he had he is obviously not he did not see this film but uh he had seen dog tooth and that was weird enough for him to agree to make this film um and amazon did uh according to york's ninth did not read the book prior to the film uh our acting in the film again um, illiterate <laughs> <it> confirmed <laughs> <I'm here>. sorry <laughs> Um, he, he actually, he mentioned that he wanted to give her, he didn't want to, like you said, he didn't want to fill her head with, with, uh, the book because uh, although the bell is probably the main character of this book, it's not really from her perspective. Yeah. And there isn't a lot of interiority from her, except for her letter, um, in the book, which is a small portion, I guess, small part of the book or one part of the book. Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, so there you go. So, so lost. Sorry. Still lost. Yeah. Oh,
1: well, right. sorry. Maybe next time
0: i try not to go too deep onto wikipedia because i i don't want to like yeah accidentally stumble upon the answer i appreciate that i try to keep things you know above above board if i can that's good but right. which really just show showcases my lack of worldly awareness <laughs> it's all right i'm teaching you things that's true you're welcome i think hopefully we all learn from this podcast you
1: should if you don't uh, then i can't help you
0: i think you i think people who listen to this at least learn one thing two truths and one lie that's yeah. true yeah
1: that's true They should. And they're about to
0: learn something else.
1: Yeah, they are. Are It's a segue. (laughs) Game number two. Uh, This is a new thing Eric just came up with Off the Cuff this morning. It's one of our favorite games. We used to play it back in the day. It's called Six
0: Degrees of Kevin
1: Bacon. Yes. Or Separation. Wow, should
0: we just should we pivot and just do Kevin Bacon? Maybe, possibly.
1: (laughs) Basically, the rules of the game are you name two actors and you try to connect them uh, through films that Mm -hmm. they've acted with other actors with. So like for example, um, Tom Cruise has acted uh, in a film with Ken Matanabi who um, in The Last Samurai, who uh, also acted in Inception with
0: Leonardo DiCaprio. I was like, where are you going with this? Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just to give an example, if you wanted to connect Tom Cruise and Leo. Yeah. Um, so uh, basically, the objective of the game is to get the least amount of connections as possible. Right. So we're going to do this kind of off the cuff without with using two actors from this film, but not including the things film obviously because that would be the shortest six degrees of separation game ever
0: yes i would like to add a, another qualification okay. do you want to use marvel or not because marvel is the sort of I like think we have to include it right
1: okay yeah it is kind of a great connector of things um but it would be unfair i think to not include it what do you think i'm open to not including it
0: yeah I, i've played this game both ways where it's like because everyone's been in a Marvel movie now, yeah. so it's, it's it's almost like the, the JV it's versus varsity, yeah, version of it. Where it's let's like,
1: let's do it without. Okay. Yeah.
0: Because I and because that it influences one of our characters here. Well, yeah. Right. One yeah. of our actors. Yeah.
1: So, um, just so everybody's aware, we're gonna do Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. So that's why Eric was mentioning the Marvel. Um,
0: Mark Ruffalo plays, uh, I was gonna say Thor Hulk. Yeah, that's right. In the that's right Marvel Cinematic Universe MCU. Yeah. Um
1: he was the uh what do they call it what's the opposite of predecessor
0: and, and oh that yeah i forgot second the the second iteration of thor of, of thor of hulk after edward norton was well, no, the, like a eric banna too well yeah but that wasn't part of the mcu edward, well, edward norton was in the mcu and then his hulk technically came i think his hulk was released after iron man yeah i think so um so he would have been part of it and then he was like too big time
1: eric banna is my hulk that's all i wanted to say eric
0: Bana also in troy
1: that's right the achilles boy. we're doing well the six <laughs> degrees of eric Bana.
0: so emma stone and mark ruffalo should I, we just start yeah let's start okay. so emma stone recently like i feel like she was actually in movie with edward norton birdman there you go and then mark ruffalo's in in a lot of things but he's in like some weird things yeah, that's true like spotlight should be a good one because it's got no here, there's it there yes go. we just did it. so emma stone to um what's his name michael keaton yeah in birdman Bird and michael keaton to mark ruffalo and spotlight two there, there you go, go. so right. if the audience <laughs> can over. connect it better than two let us know at little
1: Ends. yeah maybe they've acted in a film before i just in. don't know so birdman to spotlight there you go. Wow, that was good. Yeah. I didn't think we'd get it that
0: fast. Who's her, her dad in A is Stanley Tucci? I never saw that. I'm thinking I'm trying to think of like if she had a dad character in another movie. He's not that, that much older than her, though, I don't think. Like Emma Stone's probably early to mid thirties. And he's probably like early to mid or maybe like mid to late forties. So mm-hmm. um and not really like a dad relationship to her, kind of just like a yeah. more of established like man a, like a to a yeah younger Your woman teenage, yeah um okay well good we got two that's good that's good if you guys can
1: beat that or if you can equal it with two different films you know let us know we appreciate it yeah but good job well done all right i like that we thought this was gonna go like for 10 minutes yeah and we thought oh we're gonna have to cut this and yeah. but that was, that was good. the
0: birdman poll was good
1: yeah, well, it just came to me.
0: Yeah. Because when you think of Emma Stone, I just think of like La La Land and it's just really stuck in my head. Yeah. And then I was thinking like Crazy Stupid Love. Oh
1: yeah, that's like another good
0: one. Uh, but then like the Steve Carell connection's not Well, I guess Steve Carell actually is in um uh that wrestling movie with Tatum Oh Federal yeah. and Mark Ruffalo. There's another one. There were another one. All right, we Let's gotta stop it's go. like gotta <laughs> stop giving people connections. Um
1: come up with a connection, let us know, tweet at us or X at us whatever it's called
0: yeah we'll, we'll we'll try to do this again but yeah. we'll need um like we american movies because there there are some upcoming there's one upcoming adaptation we're doing that's uh german and we don't know german actors as well well but we'll speak, try to do this when it's yourself, uh, like american actors that people <laughs> recognize
1: yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll keep this going i think this is a fun game um cool we're gonna take a quick break um hear a word from our sponsor and then we'll be right back
0: this episode of the Little Lens podcast is brought to you by the Hotel de Notre Dame in Paris. At the Hotel de Notre Dame, conveniently located in Paris's 11th arrondissement, you'll find creature comforts like queen-size beds, delicious food and drink options, and a whole roster full of women of the night to choose from. It's where Bella Baxter, protagonist of the book and film Poor Things, decided to stay and work when she visited Paris. I myself have a Paris trip coming up, and with their bed bug issue, typically small room and bed sizes, Staying at the Hotel de Notre Dame just makes too much sense for me and my family. The Hotel de Notre Dame, Paris's finest boarding house and bordello.
1: And we are back. Thank you for um, listening to that brief ad from the Hotel de Notre Dame in Paris, Paris.
0: Need a place to stay, yeah? You know?
1: Check it out. Uh, we've been there multiple times. They've come us rooms, um, vacation <laughs> stays. So yeah, we would highly recommend it. They got spas. Um, there's also adult entertainment that's right so that's a probably the best reason to go yeah and
0: I mean, the worst yeah
1: so <laughs> check it out uh cool we're gonna do our literature section here we're gonna talk about the book uh first we're gonna uh do a quick segment called pitch me daddy uh we're gonna ask eric why adapt something like this into a feature film uh
0: well i think this one's actually pretty simple you've got a rising director and probably the biggest female star in hollywood and they've partnered on a bunch of movies now. They're partnering on a future movie. They have a connection, and I'm I'm pre- I feel like pretty confident. Whatever the two of them want to do together, as long as it doesn't cost too much,
1: let them do someone's it. Someone's gonna say yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: Emma Stone is a. She's not a typical movie star. Like she did the La La Land. She, she's done the sort of like squeaky clean versions of of movies. I feel like increasingly she's getting weirder and weirder. Mm. um and yorgos lanthimos famously weird very yes um so you can sort of see the the tonality in this book matching what the two of them are interested in Uh, i think for the sake of the book the thing that you really want out of it is the premise which is like this woman uh who's rescued from drowning who's like nine eight and a half months nine months pregnant this crazy frankenstein-esque scientist Mm -hmm. takes the baby the baby's brain and puts it in the body of the mother and just like reanimates it and lets it live in the world. Yeah. Um, I think that's the premise that you want. Cause it is Frankenstein. It is like a monster kind of horror kind of grotesque. Um, but it also has, I think a lot of themes that are especially resonant today in 2023, it's like female empowerment, um, right, yep. female, uh, agency. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of political conversations about like socialism and how Scottish society in the book ha- has like failed and um, what Bella and I guess the author's perspective is on like bettering the world and society. So I think like for reasons of, of weirdness and then also reasons of like modern politics, mm-hmm. this is sort of an attractive property. It's funny. Like um, reading
1: this book it's hard to imagine this being adapted i think yeah like initially
0: um if you were to read this book in college without if we yeah without the this podcast you'd be yeah. like like there's no they're way you're doing that yeah that's weird yeah
1: um it's also um it's a crazy story and it's certainly not traditional by any stretch of the imagination um but yeah it's it's fun it's certainly fun and you, there are aspects of it to sort of play around with uh which i think they do in the movie but um, certainly the the structure of it is different and um but yeah if i mean if emma Stone's attached to it i mean she's probably like one beat to margot robbie
0: right yeah maybe after barbie but again emma stone's gonna win or might win an oscar this year yeah for this. But like
1: she, margot robbie's a, like a movie star more of a movie star i think than emma stone
0: I guess Barbie made a billion dollars, and this movie's not going to make a billion dollars. Yeah, but it had a huge like per screen average, you know. Well, that's true. Isn't that that's good? That's true. Um, if it was in more than nine theaters last week.
1: Not to demean Emma Stone to one B, but
0: yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I think that's yeah. I, I, I feels like limiting to say it's like oh well Emma Stone wanted to do it, so this is why that's the true. movie got done. But I feel like that happens a lot. It's like probably.
1: Yeah, I mean, Adam Driver
0: wanted to make another movie set in Italy to practice his Italian accent. So yeah. they made Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want. Michael Myers is like, I'm available. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um have you seen that yet?
0: No. Uh, I do want to see it. Yeah, me too. Um,
1: although I've heard mixed reviews. But um I will say for this film, you can't just get any director, I feel like. Like you can get kind of a lot of different actors who, who would maybe partake in this. Although I think the casting was like quite interesting, uh, which we can talk about. But I don't think you can just get any run-of-the-mill director, like not to demean a former Little Lens podcast, like Garth Davis or something like that. Yeah. Um. Like I think you have – you can't even – like even Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese. Like I think you have to have somebody who uh, – like Yorgos who has delved into some weird stuff. Yes. Is willing to go like certain places. I think
0: the tone has to be right. Yeah. And Yorgos obviously – weird guy weird lenses weird way of shooting mm-hmm. uh the look of the movie is very different mm-hmm. I, even like the production design I, I guess we're in the literature section but yeah. it's sort of like victorian by way of like surrealist yeah um
1: but the reason we mention it is because the book is weird yes the, the the story is weird the the guy is weird i don't know if you've seen any interviews with him he's quite interesting um he, he was also a painter and he did like mm. almost all the illustrations, I think in the book itself. So the book is, and there's also a section of her letter in the, in the novel where it's just where they, he yeah. so Godwin Baxter translates Bella Baxter's letter because it's just incoherent. Yeah. So that we can understand it as readers, but they show there's like a few pages, maybe five pages of her just
0: scribbling nonsense. Yeah. Um, well, Cause she's a child.
1: Cause she's a child. Yeah. Um, but it's cool that I, I don't know it's i haven't read a book like this um like uh, before i don't know it's it uh it just transcends like your normal traditional novel yeah that makes sense like chapters interiority right like prose right it's a little it's different letters structure wise so let's do you mind talking a little bit about that
0: yeah so i think we mentioned early on that it's it, the The book itself that we read is basically found footage movie mm-hmm. of a manuscript that this uh, Archie McCandless wrote, um, and he was friends of this, I guess Frankensteinish creator Godwin Baxter, who does this experiment, creates this like monster woman, whatever, um, and he is is also a man of science, and so is interested in basically catalogs her early life and her life with him because they eventually marry and they're romantically involved um and so most of the book is this sort of empirical work mm-hmm. um to sort of for like posterity sake to understand and see what happened mm-hmm. uh, reanimating dead tissue uh and all of the like weird things that she does once she's alive
1: i should mention the the, po- the full title of the book is poor things Episodes from the early life of Archibald McCandless, M.D., Scottish public health officer. So yeah. just as a yeah. context, which is all fictional, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but but the novel very much like sticks to the idea that it's real. There's, um, Alistair gives a, a read, you know, a reading, and he gives a, a he writes at the end, um, and then there is Bella has a chance to rebuttal, basically what's been written, what McCandless writes, and then um, there's just a bunch of layers of. People trying to claim narrative authenticity. Yeah. So we'll talk about this in the movie section, but like the POVs and the framing devices in the book are pretty like concentric. Yeah. There's a lot of layers. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you I mean you talked about, I think there's like the going for itness of this book, which is she's a baby and they have her scribbles, they have her right. like weird way of speaking, um, they have her like very elemental wants of like sexual pleasure mm-hmm. and desire and that is a huge part of this book. Yeah. Um and it can be very like graphic and kind of I I mean, there's definitely a certain set of people who would read this book and be like dis- yeah. disgusted or feel like it's very distasteful. For sure. Um and I think that's I don't know that you could really bl- blame them for that because it kind of it, it really does go for it. Yeah. Um in a very like in your face way. So yeah. I, I feel like the the Whatever he's doing here, he like does it really well. It's just the fact that he's like going for a very specific thing. Yeah, is uh, it's like unlike anything I've read. Yeah, same. Right, like even the the Frankenstein, right? It's it's, it's Frankenstein's yeah. monster doesn't go around trying to like have sex, right, right, with the townspeople. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just kind of like is like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. He's like um, a zombie almost. Yeah. So there's the intellectual aspect of a like fresh developmental like brain is i think kind of at play here and it instead of it being just like grab and tear and rip it's like you know what's nice is food and drinking and like having sex Mm -hmm. and i want to do more of that please right yeah yeah this over and over again yeah yeah
1: Yeah. um also want to mention like the the unreliable narrator is a big like theme in this in this book like Nobody is really reliable, I would I would argue. Yeah. Even the author himself, right? Because he's coming up with this historical fiction nonfiction. He's portraying it as a nonfiction, but really it's it's fiction.
0: I feel like we talked about this a couple episodes ago, um, in the Learn You Something section, right? Where it's like yeah. because it is not a third person perspective on the book, because it's written text, automatically there's like a one layer of removal from mm the action right. like he's translating what happened for you right and so there are definitely readers who take that and be like okay well that's i'm not seeing it right i'm right. i'm reading it um so there is a degree of interpretation that happens and when interpretation happens mistakes get made yeah. or truth gets obscured Muddled, yeah. or m- whatever yeah uh, but yeah you're definitely right because there's a very sp- in bella slash victoria's rebuttal section it is she basically says like i know you read all this it's not true here's what actually happened yeah and as a reader you're reading that and you're like oh my god like, what the fuck <laughs> like i spent all this time with this narrative and you sort of expect it to just be like what it is yeah. and then for her to run it back now you're thinking like okay what was he trying to gain what was she trying to gain yeah there are other like elements at play that make you question things like what's true what's not yeah. true yeah who are you supposed to believe
1: it's an interesting like read because it is frustrating like to have an unreliable narrator as you're, as you're going on your reading experience. But I guess sh- sort of towards the end of it or even after it, you sort of piece more things together. You think about, oh, why did they say this? Why did they say that? Maybe they're motivated by X or Y. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a conflicting way to read a book, I guess, yeah. from my experience or perspective. But yeah.
0: Did it lower your experience le- lessen it um i think it was well done for me mm-hmm. and you i'll let you think about it but yeah. i feel like it was well done for me it's just like it's not how i like taking my tea you know what i mean mm, interesting yeah like, i was like okay this is this is I, I recognize that this is well done yeah but i don't know maybe i'm just more literal i just like want to know the facts yeah or maybe it's maybe it's the reading for the podcast which is like i just want to know the plot yeah, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. and like how they changed the plot. Yeah, and this book asks you to think a little bit harder.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. There were parts that I enjoyed. There were parts that I didn't really enjoy. Um,
0: a lot of the politics stuff was kind of lost on me. Yeah, it's like old Scottish. It, yeah, although yeah. it, you know, there was connections to modern. the
1: American part made me laugh. Um, where she, uh, forget her name, doctor or something, or the woman she was like explaining the American political perspective. Oh, I thought it was just kind of funny. Yeah. Cause it was, it was basically like the Anglo-Saxon brain is bigger than everyone else. And we need to teach everyone else to be smarter by like killing everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, Oh wow. This is interesting. And funny. I like it. That feels right. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So like parts of it, like I actually enjoyed that, the, that part, like the, what's his name? Uh, George Carmichael's character, yeah, Astley. Harry Ashley Harry his his part I, I enjoyed a bit, but yeah I don't know other parts I was just like like the McCann or uh, her lover Burn versus her yeah di- uh depiction depiction of events I don't know just kind of went back and forth I didn't care too much for Whateverburn so like that, that portion I didn't love um but in the movie like totally different um which I did love but I don't know so I was kind of conflicted with it
0: yeah but I feel like it, I mean, it, it is horror. It is fantasy, I guess. It's like a bit of a, a gothic tale. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. Would you say it's a lighter take on the Frankenstein story? Or just like a, maybe a different... I just think it's, it's different, yeah. Because the Frankenstein is more of a horror, right?
0: Yeah, because he's, he's more of a terror. Yeah. People consider him to be more horrific yeah. when they see him. But a lot of... A lot of Frankenstein, actually, he's like off in the Arctic. Like it's not as mm. it's not as like raiders. Not he's not like raiding villages as yeah. much as you think in your head. Right, as he is just kind of like shunned by society yeah. and like sad boy. Yeah, <laughs> and like going around the Arctic Circle, being like, "What is what is life?" You know. In
1: comparison to that story, where do you think this like relates to
0: it? I think she's just smarter. Yeah, and she's able to. She she passes right. Yeah. She can go into society. And people are, I think, initially weirded out by her because she's so simple because she's a child. But Mm -hmm. she's presents as like this is this is kind of like thirteen going on thirty. Yeah, yeah. In a way. Oh, interesting. Right? Or like big. Yeah. But uh.
1: Like a child's point of view in an adult world. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But like she can walk around society because she looks like a. She's she's described as like beautiful and all that stuff. Yeah. And it, I guess it probably is a commentary on like men just being like, oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> true, that's true. I would love to just take you to... Uh, <laughs> Portugal. And... Yeah, just because you're so beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, wow, You should marry me because you're so beautiful. Yeah, be a yeah. <laughs> Different time to be alive. That's <laughs> true. I've met you four times, and now I would like you to be my wife. Yes, yeah.
1: Please say yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never heard you speak, and yeah. <laughs> I never want to hear you speak, but we should get married.
1: Yeah. Um, did you like reading it?
0: Yeah, I think it's... I complicated feelings, um I don't know that I would ever I don't know that I would have ever picked this book up yeah i i I'm glad I read it i I feel like I wandered in the wilderness at times while reading it, yeah, where I was like, what is happening <laughs> right uh I totally like forget where I am and all that because you mentioned the the her letter, Bella's letter that gets printed in the McCandless narrative. It's like very meandering, it's very long. Because she has trouble communicating. can be, like, difficult to understand at times. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada. Um, but I think the book was really well done. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Like, talk to me about that. Like, what makes you think it was was well done about it?
0: I just think he does a good job of, of writing, like, a baby. Oh, yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like in my own writing, I've struggled with this, where you want to set a story... You want to write it for a child. Mm. But it's hard to get in the head of like a six-year-old because they don't think the way a 30-year-old man thinks so like you have your own wants for the story like i'm a 30 year man i have something to say mm-hmm. but you're reflecting it through a like a different body and if you're reading it you're like these thoughts don't coalesce with like the vessel yeah i see what you're saying so finding a way to like get in the head of a child and like do the developmental version of this i think he did it well
1: interesting okay
0: um but you know i mean it, it is ultimately is kind of like a it's very hedonistic it's like all i want to do is like have sex with yeah men eat good food
1: and you can I'm just I, trying to have a good time right i don't yeah. want to have any responsibilities i just want to like experience
0: yeah and then there is the whole like political element which is like yeah when i'm
1: like her in her college years yeah kind of thing yeah She's, uh, like, oh, social?
0: she's like high school and then she goes to college and it's like, you know what's also good? It's like having thoughts. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. It's um, like she's like smoked weed for the first time. and yeah. it's, like, Yo, do you know what? what's going on out here? <laughs> what is this life, is crazy, bro? man. Have you heard
1: of simulation theory? Yeah. I need to stop mentioning that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You believe what
1: you believe. Um. Yeah, so, okay, interesting. Because for me, I don't really have that like literary perspective on it um like thinking about what the author is like intentionally doing i'm just trying to understand the narrative yeah um but that's interesting okay cool um i don't have any other questions you, anything else you want to mention about the book before we move on
0: i would encourage people to seek it out mm-hmm. don't guess. judge
1: it by its cover it does look like a kid's book like a children's novel
0: yeah yeah i would seek it out i think it's a
1: it's an interesting experience. Yeah. It's a, if you want something different uh, than your whatever
0: normal reading yeah. life, yeah. yeah, check it out. Yeah. Um,
1: cool. Uh, we're gonna take take a quick break, listen to the trailer, and then Eric is gonna learn something. But we'll be right back. This is Bella. Bye. Bye. Bella. This is Mr. McCandles. Hello, Bella. Oh. She's an experiment. Good evening. Her brain and her body are not quite synchronized. But she's progressing at an accelerated pace. Tell me, where did she come from? I shall. For it is a happy
0: tale. I am Bella Baxter. And there is a world to enjoy, circumnavigate. It is the goal of all to progress,
1: grow. A woman plotting her course to freedom. How delightful. Oh. And we are back. Thank you for listening to the Poor Things trailer. All right. Eric is going to learn us something. Eric, take it away.
0: Today, we're talking about the Greek weird wave. You know, every country has its own wave. Mm-hmm. Um, French new wave, British new wave, Czech new wave. Did you oh. watch uh, Fireman's Ball?
1: No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh. That's uh, Czech?
0: Yeah. Okay. Milos Forman. He's a genius. And did you like it? Uh, yes, it was. It's short. Yeah. And it's pretty funny. One thing we didn't say about the book actually is the book is very funny. There's a lot of yeah. good um like rec realizations and like thoughts on life and yeah. like living. Um yeah, that movie but that's Check New Wave. Okay, Iron I didn't ball. know that. Huh, there you go. Um if you haven't seen, we put out some social stuff and a thing on our website about the movies that influenced this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's one of the movies. Hell yeah. Um, but today we're talking about another kind of wave which is the greek weird wave greek cinema has been around since the 20s and though its golden age shares a timeline with hollywood between the 60s or 50s and 60s excuse me uh it too like hollywood modernizes in the 70s after the fall of the censoring greek junta Hmm. in 1974 i think they were in power from 67 to 74 uh modernism takes over it bleeds into 80s art house which fades into 90s experimentalism And it all comes to head in the late 2000s when the Greek financial system crashed, Mm -hmm. giving rise to the so-called Greek weird wave. I think primarily because it's like the rise of independent cinema in in Greece. You get sort of uh, a class of filmmakers such as Yorgos Yorgos Lanthimos, Panos Kourtas, and Athena Rachel Singari. They are the primary exemplars of this movement. These films are said to have haunting cinematography, alienated protagonists, and uh, absurdist dialogue And recent studies have called Greek weird wave a cinema quote that reflects on how systems of power manage groups of people from a family to a population and the bodies of individuals and a cinema equally sensitive to forms of response to noise, unease, and subversion.
1: That is really cool. Um, I'm glad you brought this. Had you heard about the Greek weird wave before? No. Yeah, same. Um, I, I think I found it out while looking at Yorgos Lanthimos' uh, Wikipedia page. And I hadn't heard of these other Panos, uh, Kutras, and then Athena, Rachel Singari. Maybe Singari sounds kind of familiar, but I could be totally.
0: Yeah, I didn't recognize that. any of the movies. It is it is cool when a, like a, a foreign filmmaker kind of goes Hollywood mainstream, yeah. and you start to like scratch the surface of like where they came from and what they did, and you're yeah. like, oh, there's other people that have a similar style. Yeah, And if like, you like this person, you might also like yeah that person that's true uh but yorgos is i think like probably the only weird filmmaker greek weird wave who made hollywood who made a hollywood
1: yeah he's probably the most famous or most has the most accolades yeah in the hollywood mainstream because we mentioned
0: dogtooth that's like 2009 Mm -hmm. and then since the lobster in 15 I think that was his first American yeah. or like Hollywood, maybe not production, but first like American enough. Cause it started Colin Farrell Yeah, it won some Oscars. Everything else has been like Oscar buzz, Which, Oscar like, fodder. Like
1: all of like, it's like the lobster is very weird. Yeah. The favorite is probably the least weird of his movies,
0: but still weird. <laughs> still really like very weird. like it's a, a movie about like sex.
1: Yeah. And like, it's, it's, I think it's about like trying to, like make your way up through society by like i don't know like uh using people using people or like trying to make people happy yeah it's like about competition um
0: yeah currying favor with the the queen yeah right i thought
1: it was for me it was more of a comedy oh definitely than anything um and then what was it the killing of a sacred deer so i did a yorkos length most like watch this last yeah. week and that one was fucking weird um, I
0: never saw that. That one seemed a little too horrific for me. It is
1: a bit. It's 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 a horror. It's a little bit of a horror. It's like a psychological thriller horror.
0: Colin Farrell, yeah. Uh, Nicole Barry Kidman. Keegan.
1: Key what? the fuck you say it? Barry Keegan. Um, he's really good in it. Barry Ke Keog- Keoghan. Keoghan. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, he. Dog is weird. Kinetta is is way weirder. Makes mm-hmm. no sense. Um, with the other ones, Alps is really weird as well. They're all weird. Yeah. Like, the stories are weird. The characters are weird. Um, yeah. This one's terrible. weird, too. This I one's mean, very weird, yeah.
0: It's shot, and there's a lot of those, like, fisheye lenses that kind of, like, yeah. show you, like, a 270-degree view of, yeah. a, of a room, right? Yeah. Um, The movements are weird. Like, yeah. Emma Stone walks strangely. Yeah. They dance in an interesting way. Yeah. The, mo- the movements are weird. The world is imagined in, like, a surrealist way, too. Like, things mm-hmm. are her her costumes are like the big poofy shoulders yeah yeah um yeah this is i think is the
1: biggest um like veer from his other work biggest tonal difference from his other stuff his other stuff is more like realist like absurdist um points of view but this is like surreal completely yeah.
0: surreal while technically being somewhat grounded in like a period of history. Yeah. but also not at all. Also yeah, also not. Yeah.
1: Um Yeah, so cool.
0: Greek Weird wave. There you go. Check it out. Um cool. So, with that
1: said, let's get into the movie we've t- talked about a little bit already. Um Eric, how would you describe this adaptation? Literal, loose, or reimagined?
0: I think I would say loose. I think it's a pretty firm loose. I would agree. Um we'll t- we'll talk about some stuff here, but you know, I th- I think they made some I think they had to make some choices on how the framing worked just mm-hmm. because well, I don't they had to. Yeah. Right. Um and then they I think Well they didn't have to. They didn't have to, I suppose. Yeah. And then they uh like we talk about a lot, you know, you pull out some characters, you decide plots are not plots and things should be moved around.
1: Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. Uh differences, number one, you just mentioned framing. So the book, like we mentioned in our in the last section, the contents are a discovered manuscript written by McCandless, McCandless uh, or McCandles, And the film is just primary action in real time. So it's basically just showing us what happened in the film, as opposed to McCandles is recounting the letters, sort of the third person perspective.
0: Yeah. And you see this in like a thing like the great Gatsby, right. Where it's like, nick gatsby or nick whatever his name is yeah caraway is like recounting everything that he's Mm -hmm. seen Mm -hmm. and at the or a different story right like sex in the city it's like at the end at the the end of the day the contents of the story are being written down to like publish somewhere else yeah i feel like that has sort of become like uh that kind of narrative has sort of fallen out of favor really i think it just it's like a little cliche yeah to be like and, and then i wrote the book poor things yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's being published <laughs> yeah um so i think probably it's just getting away from that and um and i think it bleeds into our second point here which is pov yep if you want to set that up yeah you can, uh, I was, go ahead well yeah. I was gonna say so obviously in, in the book as we mentioned it, it shifts the main point of point of view from mccandless to bella to the author author himself and in the movie bella is basically just the main character and yeah. the film is totally about her journey And so I think when you're working with the framing, these two are related in a, in a big way. Um, They just decided whose story it was. Yeah. And in doing that, everything else had to fall away. Yeah. It was Bella's story.
1: No, I was going to say like, what'd you think of it?
0: I thought it was much better. Yeah. I think it it makes so much more sense to uh, given all of the, the points of this story, which is like female empowerment and all that stuff. You had to make her the main character. Right. She's the one that's living and like relating her experiences back to McCandless, who's writing them down. The act of writing is not what's interesting; it's like the act of living, which yeah. is interesting. Right, right. So, I think that's like,
1: like an obvious choice.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the, also the right choice. Yeah, uh, yeah, sometimes the obvious choice is like the obvious choice for a reason. That's yeah, that's fair. Um, In so I don't want to like drag it down it, for well, being yeah. obvious, but yeah,
1: yeah. I know. Um, there was an interview with tony mcnamara and the rest of the crew where he actually said he struggled uh mightily with this story because it's such a crazy story and he just had no idea how to like um tell it basically and essentially i think the agreement that they came upon was we just have to tell it from bella's perspective and once we once that was sort of solidified i think the rest kind of wrote itself um it is her kind
0: of like hopping from experience to experience scene to scene yeah like it is I sort of see how that is less fulfilling to a writer. It's just Mm -hmm. like, these are just sort of like scenes and it's hard to maybe do the stitching because what she's learning, it's basically a coming of age story. Yeah. And I think there's not a huge realization at the end. It's more so just like, she's a fully actualized person versus there's some grand ideas of the world. Although they're in there, like she doesn't have, she doesn't become like president after right, right, learning right, right. what she's learned. Right. Yeah, she yeah. just becomes a person. Right.
1: Well, she becomes a doctor.
0: She comes a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. She takes a, the head of a goat and, uh, <laughs> the brain of a goat and puts it somewhere else. Yeah, so, exactly. So, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> um, cool. So the POV, um, and then Harry Astley. So the book, she meets him on her journey. He helps her see that Duncan is a broken man. Thanks. It was gambling. And he shows her poor and dying people in Egypt. He's also interested in her sexuality, uh, which, like also essentially happens in the in the film similar role but shows her poor Vulcan Alexandra excuse me uh, during the cruise but he's not as interested in her um, sexually yeah okay and said he's an intellectual jumping off point. Um, I think they're similar but the difference is that they dive much deeper in the book. I think he's he's also a little bit he's not he doesn't seem as interested in Bella in the film yeah his character was kind of the one I had the most problem with in the movie just because I thought it's like the least character. Yeah. Like they didn't push him far enough. I thought Gerard Carmichael was like a really great casting for like this cool intellectual, thoughtful guy. Cause that's kind of who he is in real life. It seems. Um, but he just didn't push it far enough. He didn't lean into the character. I thought it was just more stagnant. And I don't know.
0: I think one of the hard things is that he also had like a sidekick, the woman that mm-hmm. he's with who also does some of the same things that he does she, although he's she,
1: yeah she almost had more personality i thought yeah than he did. and
0: she's funny and yeah. he, he's less funny yeah in a weird way he's he plays it very straight um i i agree with what you said i also think that in the movie her journey is like they, they really tried to like focus like okay duncan is doing the sexual awakening yeah. And then this guy, ha- Harry Astley, is doing, like, the intellectual awakening. Yeah, There are two different things that she's, like, learning from. Yeah. And it's a very clear, like, pin in the sand yeah. or pin in the ground, pin on the whatever, pin, pin board, <laughs> to say, like, we're stopping here. This person's doing this for her. Yeah, yeah. And it's influencing what comes next. Right. But I think, you know, in the in the book, to me, like, he really... Everyone's just interested in her yeah. to, like, bed or wet or whatever. Yeah. And he's not. And it what's interesting, like Jared Carmichael very famously came out in his like Netflix special a couple years ago. And so the moment you see him, if you're an informed viewer, like we would be, you're like, okay, Mm. he's not gonna.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: They're not gonna get together, Mm. right? I guess he could, right? You're an actor, you play different things. But I was like, okay, he's here. Not for that reason.
1: But he does ask her to marry him, I think, in the movie, right? I don't know. Or maybe he just asks her, why do you stay with him? Maybe that's what it was.
0: Yeah. Well, he, so I remember in, in both um, Duncan, who's played by Mark Ruffalo, she goes on a, a long trip with him. Yeah. And during the trip they meet Harry and uh, I can't remember the woman's name. Um, But he's like, see, watch him gamble. The moment he wins it all is actually the worst part because he thinks he's going to be able to win it all, all the time. And it's going to yeah. corrode him. Yep. And he's right. He's right about men. Um, And he, he puts himself forward as like a different kind of man. Um, But it's, it, he, when she meets him, she starts to see the downsides of Duncan before it's all just like, he's a great lover. Yeah. Um, he's really fun. He helps me like do stuff. It's kind of like the fun Bobby where he's like, he's the guy you want to party with and like, yeah, do this certain kind of things with, but there are different kinds of men who will open your eyes in different ways. And that's what Harry kind of helps her do. Yeah. Also accomplish. Yeah. Um, and obviously the big, big moment is when she sees the like poor kids in Egypt uh, and she wants to help them, yeah. like give them money and stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, for the most part, the characters are similar, but yeah. the t- I think the tone is different. Like the tone of the character is a bit different. Um. Yeah. He, yeah.
0: So I I don't I haven't seen a lot of Jared Carmichael stuff. I don't think he's, think he's, he's he seemed very flat. I don't know. He if he's seem like very a, flat. I don't know if that's his like style.
1: I don't know, but he if he wants to be a real actor like you can you can switch up your style i don't know like i just i I thought he would lean into the that character a little bit more
0: i guess there's there's probably some sort of calibration that has to happen between like emma stone who's playing it very big and this guy maybe needs to like tone it down because also mark ruffalo is playing it very big
1: that's true that's a good point
0: this is maybe there's too much bigness
1: yeah gotta have some like stability yeah yeah okay that's fair um the length of stay in Paris, yep. Yeah. So the book, during her trip with Duncan, this is where she wants to leave but can't do so uh, because of the money situation um, or because they have no money, takes uh, to working as a prostitute to make funds.
0: At the Hotel to Notre Dame.
1: That's right. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> she might be there. It's unclear, but her stay is relatively quick, and her time there is spent making money. The movie uh, spends a big chunk there, a mm-hmm. big chunk of time. So Paris becomes an extended sequence where she takes a lover, begins to learn and sympathize with socialist and women like causes. So talk to me a little bit about this difference.
0: Yeah, I feel like they just wanted to slow down with the intellectual stuff. Um mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. just needed a place for her to be when that happened. And in this brothel basically is a social dynamic that exists in a very particular way. Where it's like the men walk in, they point mm-hmm. and like they go upstairs And they get what they want they pay for it and then they leave yeah and that's the thing that like you know everyone recognizes they've you've heard you've seen it before or whatever Mm -hmm. um she goes there and like wants a very specific thing which is to just be paid she needs to make money to and then leave Mm -hmm. um and once she's there she starts to see like well actually like i don't want to be pointed at i want to i want to do the pointing right 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 um and so her and she meets another prostitute in the in the the brothel and they learn from each other different experiences whatever share but they share like a political leaning yeah um and so it's it's one of those things where it's like this is her development as a intellectual person right um because it's her first real i mean kind of her first real like outside her bubble
1: independent experience kind of Yeah. yeah
0: so what shocks her a lot about egypt is like she lives with this guy in this really nice Victorian mansion in England. She goes on this really nice trip with this really wealthy guy only talks to wealthy people and then sees like, Oh, there's actually like other things happening in the world. Yeah. And this brothel is another example of like the poor parts of the world and how they operate. And it's just another way for her to see like, Oh, I could change things. Mm hmm. Or I, I see how things should be different yeah. or could be different. And I, I'm educating myself. This is my education. Right. Um. It's outside of my bubble. So I'm seeing everything for the first time with clear eyes, fresh eyes. Yeah. And I think ultimately, like, she can't really do anything from her current station. Yeah. So it motivates her to continue to learn and, like, become a doctor, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. Like, it sets her on a path to, like, have some more agency in her life instead of just being, like property of a wealthy man right or you know, like a pretty thing right right
1: did you like this sequence in the movie
0: um as someone going to paris i could have used more like real paris to sort of yeah, fair. it wasn't really paris to me it was there's sort of just like, like more a set it was more set yeah yeah um it was fine okay. i d- uh the what's her name from Macbeth. Susie.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Catherine name. Hunter. Yeah, she was great. All like tattooed the, it up. Yeah. I hope that's real. She's like
0: the mom of... Uh, Probably not. But the whatever, like... She didn't, brothel she didn't mom. The madam. The madam, yeah. yeah. The, such a good voice.
1: Yeah, she's great, man. Yeah. I, when I saw her, I was like, oh, is that the same woman? Because she's got kind of that look yeah. and the voice as well. Uh, kind of stood out. But yeah. Man, she's great. The
0: witches in Macbeth to the yeah. the brothel mom. In Wasn't me.
1: the It was great, though, seeing like, all the quirky guys that were coming in. Like, yeah. Like the guy... like. The guy I can't get out of my head is a guy who was, like, crawling. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <was> weird. <laughs> and then the guy who brought his two sons. Yeah, oh like, my God. they're getting
0: of age. They need to learn some things. <laughs> and he's just, like... But then she was giving him tips. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah, It was a funny sequence. Also, like, very graphic, but... You yeah, know. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. And one of the films, uh, which I'm sure this sequence was inspired by, uh, was which we've both seen now, is mm-hmm. Belle de Jour, which is very good. It's a... Luis buniel uh-huh. i think is how you say it um that was a great movie that's a not to like detract here but um that was really good
0: streaming on the knew
1: old films would be good see i yeah. almost don't believe it like i think it was made in the 2000s yeah
0: 1967 <laughs> yeah it, that, that movie when you watch it I, I like try to remind myself the ending Cause I remember it was like crazy and it was like dealing with criminals and stuff. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. The guy, but then like part of it was a fantasy or maybe a fantasy at the end.
1: Yeah. The last, so the first scene of that film is her on a carriage with her husband. Yeah. And they're going to this, uh, it's like a dream sequence. They're going to this, I don't know, vacation or something. And then like, I can't remember what they have an argument about something or,
0: um, she gets like propositioned, right? No, she,
1: they like beat her up they like take her to, into this like wooded area and like like tie oh, her up yes, yes, right yes, and yes, then, yes, and yes, then yes. they're like about to rape her yes and then she wakes up yes and i don't know i'm like what the fuck was this? yeah 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 and then you kind of have the normal story and then the last scene is actually her coming back to her husband but her husband has been shot yeah right and then and then i think it's another dream sequence
0: yeah because he's he's like not shot anymore he's like he's back strong. he like stands
1: yeah. up and he's fine and then they yeah. go on the the same trip basically it's like the start of that trip you can see by that way that's shot but yeah so but the she has her lover who shoots him out of jealousy yeah yeah um, yeah it was good yeah it's modern the tail. french baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> was that part of the french new wave
0: i would assume so 1967 yeah i don't know yeah. when it was okay yeah cool probably tail end yeah good for the french uh-huh.
1: Uh, and then Felicity So Felicity is a character That actually does not exist in the book um, Played by um, Why do I keep forgetting her name? Margaret, Margaret Qualley, Qualley. God, yeah. goodness gracious. Mar- Married to Jack Ananoff as I just found out this morning Unfortunately Read page six <laughs> <laughs> Apparently need to do that um, The film um, So basically after Bella leaves um, Goblin Baxter becomes uh, Very upset That she you know and sad that she's left so he wants to make another version of her yeah uh, so she so he does that and um felicity is just not the same she's basically stuck in child mode or like infant mode she can't really say words she can't really do anything uh she doesn't really progress past a certain point and is sort of just there hanging around um but yeah
0: yeah i think it goes to show that sh- she like uh william defoe's you know baxter is is driven by science and, like, wants this... He wants to, like, do this. Yeah. He, he wants this to become a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, in his failings here, shows that Bella is kind of, like, a one-of-one. One. Yeah. Uh, the fact that she was able to advance so quickly is is unusual based on this person not being able to do that. Yeah. But also, at the end, um, she, Felicity does develop, like, motor skills better. Like, mm-hmm. she can throw and pass a ball. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it kind of is to say that like bella's training is helping her develop mm. oh okay more so than like when when other baxter was in charge he she wasn't developing but then when bella became in charge she started developing so yeah, it kind of took true. a different approach or like i don't know maybe a female approach yeah to, to get that to work yeah and his approaches are maybe while effective for in some cases uh not as modern as hers would be
1: yeah yeah it was a interesting addition i thought yeah you're right. it does kind of spotlight Bella's uniqueness and her special qualities um yeah
0: it kind of it takes away i think a little bit from like oh my God, I love you so much, you're so special to me, yeah, but then I' would try to make another one, you know,
1: yeah, well, it kind of well, I don't know, I would argue it kind of it talks about how much he missed her, like he was willing to he couldn't find her right he couldn't go get her so he wanted to he missed her so much that he just had to make another one which they actually didn't detail how they found her body or what was placed in her head
0: yeah that's true
1: what a weird have you ever like i've never heard of any sort of scenario like this like maybe they were talked about this in the 1800s or 1700s they're like yeah let's like let's try put a goat's brain or a baby's brain in a human's head and see if what happens no probably not yeah maybe the beginnings
0: never. of science they're just like fuck it yeah <laughs> we got it so might as well put it what in if that. we had like a black rabbit and a white rabbit and we just cut them in half and switch the halves <laughs> yeah right mopsy and flopsy yeah, or
1: the what were the animals it had a duck on a
0: yeah like a pit bull or like a bulldog
1: yeah and then like a chicken body or yeah moose or something very odd yeah
0: cool. but no no rabbits but they they you know i feel like they made the animals weirder they definitely did. And like a black and white rabbit switching. You know, that's yeah. like a, yeah,
1: they might as well lean into the weirdness. Uh, yeah. Um, and then our last reference here is general Alfie Blessington. So yeah. And this ties
0: in with the ending. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I want you to. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So the book, uh, he interrupts a wedding. Um, Yeah, she's going to get married to, uh,
1: McCandless. I mean, yeah. And, uh, him and him and her quote unquote, her dad come back to Baxter's home and they have a long discussion about Bella and whether she is who she says she is and her, her quote unquote" dad, her real dad uh, thinks this is not his daughter. General Blessington later shoots himself. Um, and then they, you know, once they realize that she's not who they thought she was uh, or not who she was beforehand. Uh, and then the movie, he interrupts a wedding uh, with Mac- uh, uh, Wedderburn and, but Bella decides to go back with him uh, and figure out more about her past life. Uh, and they live in the house and he, uh, is a basically it's a castle right essentially yeah. um and she begins to realize that like you know w- you know because she had found out uh, this might have been another difference uh how she found out about her her situation yeah how how she committed suicide and everything because i think that i don't think that was in the book right
0: unless uh or i should... think i think it comes up during this long conversation that's what it is i think he's like yeah we had a gotta you didn't want to be a mother. Yeah. And in the movie, she's with her like Parisian lover. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I've seen scars like this before. It's from having a baby. That's right. She's like, well, I never had one. So that's weird that you keep keep saying that.
1: (laughs) And then that thought kind of manifests in her mind. Yeah. And then if there comes a point where she confronts Godwin about it, I can't remember exactly what's said, but basically McCandless shows her the the documents that he provided and she finds out. Um, So, there we go. Another difference. Yeah. Chalk it down. Um, so anyways, um, at the wedding, Bella decides, let me go find out what happened in my past. And she goes to the castle and she realizes realizes why she initially committed suicide, essentially, right? It's yeah. She's basically a prisoner. Um, this, this Blessington guy is ultra controlling and uh, basically just the wants worst. her yeah basically just wants her as sort of a trophy wife and to just like just sit there and just not do anything and just do whatever he says basically. Yeah. Um and she realized that very quickly um they live in the house and he wants to drug her and remove her vagina to make her happy. and Instead she drugs him so she he actually makes a cocktail and he tells her uh like it's vodka and chloroform or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh um, chloroform martini. And he hands it to her and stupidly right and she throws it in his face and of course the chloroform uh makes him go to sleep and he shoots himself in the foot yeah and so she decides you know i want to be the bigger man essentially be the bigger person and and get him help so she takes him to um godwin baxter's house and um you know we don't see him until later but you know at the final scene eventually we find out that she actually uh cut his head his his brain out and put in a goat's brain. Yeah. Which is pretty great. So he's
0: like buying <laughs> and eating like a bush yeah, or like yeah. eating some foliage or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. When when I first watched that scene, when they're like doing the surgery, they don't show the surgery and you don't right. know what she's actually doing. You yeah. think they might be like trying to keep him alive. Right. Because uh, McCandless is there and, and you see him take the bullet out and it's like, you see him take the bullet out and he's like, I've stopped the bleeding. And she's like, great. And then it's just like close up to a goat. Yeah. yeah and well, it's they, like, ah, yeah. and it like cuts to something else. <laughs> And in my theater, people were like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. everyone's like,
1: "What the fuck just happened?"
0: Yeah. Um, so it's not super clear what she's doing. It's like a reveal later, but yeah, it's yeah, really, yeah. it's like a really weird cut.
1: Yeah, you make the connection after, like, kind of yeah. installed. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I had a guy. There was a guy sitting right behind me in the theater at the Alamo Draft House, who was just like fucking giggle fest. Mm. He. It was very funny, but it kind of took away from the experience, mm. just because he kept fucking giggling the whole goddamn time dude would not shut up you don't like if you're listening to this podcast you don't like people to have fun right (laughs) that's right very i want to have fun you can't have fun yeah i'm like blessington that's right so
0: yeah i uh i think the the big thing here is like at a certain point she needs to reckon with her past yeah because she's becoming alive and aware and at some point she's gonna have to she's she'll realize that she existed before whatever yeah um but I, i think i heard from tony mcnamara who said that um in one of the clips i think it was very important for him to give her the choice to go Mm. with him Mm -hmm. because like we said in the book they sort of just stay at goblin's house they have a long conversation this is very much like she's alone with him yeah she chooses to be with him to just like see she's very impulsive so it sort of follows that she would do this um and then when she gets in there it is kind of like a she's trapped yeah and she's like oh i do suck (laughs) oh we suck (laughs) yeah that that's yeah. what happened. We we suck. Yeah. And he's like pulling out his gun and he's like, you know, don't clear my plate or like, uh yeah. Hey, watch! She's coming out with the soup. Watch this! Watch yeah. this! And he's like, ah, bark at her. Yeah. She and the dog barks all and she's over. Yeah.
1: He's like a sadistic individual. Yeah. Um, um and I'm sure she probably was too, because I don't think the the staff were kind to her on her return.
0: But she tried to get out, I suppose, which is like a you know a yeah thumbs up to her yeah she for sure must have recognized that she was trapped yeah and i and again she was trapped but instead of uh fleeing she fights which for i sure. guess is a, a character difference right yeah. like she was in this situation once before although we didn't see it but now mm-hmm. she's different yeah. she's not gonna jump off a bridge she's gonna chloroform him and <laughs> cut his brain out yeah <laughs> that's called growth yeah exactly that is true that's called growth
1: huh look at that well done yeah <laughs>
0: Um, but so it's really, it's really funny. I'd say this movie is really funny. It's also yeah. like a bit, it's a bit weird and it's very graphic. Yeah. Um.
1: It's got a lot to it. It's got a, lot, it's got a heart as well. Um. I can't believe of,
0: this movie is going to be like Best Picture nominated. It's kind you know of crazy, I mean? right? Yeah.
1: yeah. I just can't. When I walked out of the theater, I was like, "There's just no way this could ever win." I don't think. Yeah. I mean, although, what's it called? One last year, Everything Everywhere At Once. That's true. Like it's possible but like i don't know it's just it's almost too weird
0: it's funny not to think like you know the -the run-of-the-mill movie watcher who's older whatever and it's like oh i want to watch the the best picture winning poor things and they get the dvd from netflix and they put it on they're like
1: what they they get the dvd
0: (laughs) delivered Uh, from netflix (laughs) in my scenario they're still getting dvds from netflix (laughs) that's fair and they're like hmm oh what's this did you see this movie it was very interesting
1: it's a lot of sexual intercourse,
0: but I yeah it seems like everything everywhere all at once. I can't imagine someone watching that who's like expecting to watch Napoleon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vibes <laughs> and is like oh, okay. Yeah. So what about the bagel? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, yeah. The balloon fingers. Yeah, that's a weird. a weird one.
1: Would uh would you say this adaptation was successful?
0: Uh, I think so. I I think it's like very spiritually related. Obviously, you mentioned that he. Got his blessing. Yeah, yorgos got the blessing of Alistair. It it tracks to me. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and they he almost he even like ratcheted it up. Yeah, like I think it is even weirder. Yeah, um, but I think that's probably what you want.
1: Yeah, I think it hit it hit all the tones right. It hit the weird tone. It hit the funny tone. Um, you still have the the story there. Yeah, uh, for the most part, is is relatively the same. But yeah, they, they, he kind of takes it to another level, and then obviously shifts the POV, kind of enhances the visual experience by, like, following Bella and like following her on her, like, trajectory to become like a person, basically a real person, uh, or an adult. But, um, yeah, I wanted to mention actually. You mentioned like the fisheye. Hmm. Um. I wonder. Well, I was trying to figure out what the, like, importance of that those shots were. If it wasn't just for style, if it was like more substance based, like. I, because she was maybe a child, but mm. there were scenes where she wasn't in them that they did that. So yeah, I was trying to figure that. And I don't think you really did that towards the end. It was more towards the beginning of the film. Yeah. Right? And
0: also in the beginning, it's uh black and white, which is true. And then it becomes colorized. That's true. So maybe th- it's probably something to like, as she learns the world, like yeah. brightens and widens. Yeah.
1: Wow. Look at that. There you go. <laughs>
0: Print that. <laughs> ship it any other questions (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. uh
1: but i did want to mention there was one scene that i thought was really interesting um where she is exploring lisbon and she walks out onto this big balcony Mm -hmm. with like a two with like a couple there it's literally like a video game point of view like if it reminded me of like gta because they have that sort of like third person perspective it's kind of an elevated view of this person but you're controlling it and they had the f- camera literally tracking her like going forwards and backwards i thought that was just an interesting choice because like i don't think that really happens much in film um but it kind of like immersed immersed you into her experience i thought which was kind of cool
0: I and then she know. threw up and then she threw up yeah. She, she ate too many out. of those little pastries she didn't even
1: clean it up she just walked out
0: how are you supposed to clean that up though you know <laughs> who are you supposed to tell that's true you yeah. just you just walk on yeah <laughs> it's like are you okay oh no did you have a uh, favorite scene I liked when she stuffed the whole croissant in her or whatever pastry <laughs> in her mouth
1: <laughs> would you have a favorite character besides Bella
0: um I kind of liked Waterburn. yeah he was great he was mine too yeah Bella yeah I mean he's very weird it's a very going what for it what the fuck
1: are you talking about yeah a lot of F-bombs from him <laughs> uh, what, it's been, what did he say she's like I only wanted to pull this cash out in case of emergency it's been a fucking emergency <laughs> for a week <laughs>
0: yeah he was pretty great yeah he was great um and then i i did like what Catherine hunter we just mentioned yeah. the, the the mom such a good voice yeah like that voice needs to be i don't in like MCM. i'm not a fan of ai but like we need to put that voice on ai <laughs>
1: and just have it just do everything yeah, for us we so. just need to have
0: that we just need to be sure that that's keep the it. ai voice yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you don't want that voice to go away no uh um, yeah do, Willem william defoe I, I think it was good casting yeah like baxter is supposed to be much bigger and like scarier yeah um he was still pretty scary yeah they gave him like sort of a disfigured face yeah and aggressive daddy issues like yeah. he, he was pretty funny <laughs> when he was just talking about like all the things his dad did yeah he's obviously grotesque his, his dad like took out his ability to to like fart and burp or something yeah and he's like yeah he wanted to see if you could survive without like making gas and it turns out you can't so yeah. he has this like machine that helps him just have these like giant belch bubbles yeah yeah which are foul <laughs> uh yeah rama yusuf's like
1: reactions like i think you mentioned maybe off air were like pretty pretty good to that like the yeah. comedic relief for that was pretty good yeah um yeah so did did we like the movie yeah
0: yeah yeah i saw you gave it four and a half stars i'm not quite sure what my star rating is yeah i haven't I seen to, you post on i need to sit with it i like to uh add the like the spotify link when i post it oh yeah yeah my, that's right my, oh my 12 followers yeah, yeah so whatever click <laughs> the link uh yeah i'm still i'm still sitting with it i still think We'll get to it in a second, but I, I I I'm still a fan, still a fan of the movie.
1: I like to have uh, I think Letterbox is great for like the in- initial reaction because yeah. you can always post later reactions if you rewatch it or whatever. um But it's it's fun. It's like to it's it's film Twitter. You've said this before. Yeah. But I think I'm finally leaning into it. It's just fun to come up with like one one line yeah, videos of things.
0: Yeah. I try to be very clever and
1: I feel uh, like I'm late to the party. Like that was just Twitter. Like. 10 years ago
0: but now it's better because it's all film people that are like kind of nice yeah exactly so
1: hopefully yeah um not all of them
0: though some of them make fun of your star wars takes yeah
1: (laughs) we should shout out that guy (laughs) we should find (laughs) out what his ad is um hot text you go first
0: i just wrote down emma stone is on top of the world i i I think you're wrong i think she's the a1 you think she's above margot Robbie? is one b
1: I don't know. I yeah, one <laughs> I don't know. That's what I, I think. To probably talent wise, you're probably right. But I think Margot Robbie just is like the whole package, right?
0: In what way? <laughs>
1: Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> My hot take is uh, oh. great, <laughs> great product placement strategy from the big red apple industry.
0: Just a lot of like produce, just in general, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like great produce. Yeah. I don't know probably.
1: that I. I didn't realize that apples could do that, you know just another the apples are a multifunctional i was about to say vegetable they're a fruit
0: yeah apple a day keeps the doctor away
1: they're healthy and they perform
0: <laughs> other uh, enough uh, skills enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, move your book a movie movie as well yeah i think the book is probably like a three three and a half for me yeah i'd say the movie is probably a four four and a half
1: yeah we'll see we'll see what your letterboxes when
0: are we uh once i guess we don't often disagree like in a in like a like a super vehement way
1: i'm trying to think yeah i don't think yeah we're typically about the same
0: that's so boring i know it is boring (laughs) should i just become like stephen Ice smith yeah oh my god please god no
1: (laughs) that'll end pretty quick uh final thoughts um weird has entered the mainstream
0: yeah, I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once, and then this, and uh, that's it. That was the only two. Yeah, that's it.
1: But it is, it is entered.
0: It's entered the chat. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mine was just that somebody needs to make sure the Yorgos is okay. You yeah. Know, he's doing some weird <laughs> things. Uh, I I did read, someone wrote, like, one of his hallmarks is animal cruelty in, like, movies and stuff. That's true. I was like, oh, man, yeah. Lo- Although, lobsters, killing of yeah. sacred deer, putting... Dog heads. You on should see
1: dog tooth. It's much worse than dog tooth.
0: Well, <laughs> I'm getting the sense of it. Dog, dog tooth. I don't know what that, where that dog it's tooth not, is coming not from. A dog where, where it's, it's coming, where it's, it's, it's something going. else <laughs> I think I. <laughs> he's
1: yeah. He's a really interesting director. He does some pretty crazy shit. I I think his uh, like, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Okay. You, you gotta watch him. You gotta watch him. Um. Cool. Anything else before we sign off? No. Thanks for listening. I yeah, appreciate it. Um, check out our most recent episode of uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, and then keep an eye out for our next episode, which is going to be on American Fiction slash uh, the book called Erasure. 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 Gotcha. Just want to make sure. Uh, and then yeah, check that out. That'll be. We'll probably do that in the next few weeks or so. We'll figure it out. But if you want to read along, that is the next. Uh, that is the next adaptation. Uh, any shout-outs? Margaret Qualley. Shout out, uh, Margot Robbie. Do
0: you know... Mar- <laughs> Margaret Qualley was... Uh, um, she's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's what I was thinking of. She's like the... Yeah. She gets picked up by Brad Pitt. She's like the crazy... Um, hippie. Yeah. yeah, Hippie girl. Nina Dunham also in that movie. She's also oh, one she of was? the hippie girls. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because we were trying to figure out what Lena Dunham has been up to recently. I don't think she's been in a film.
0: That was pre-COVID, though.
1: Yeah. But That's she... It. But she brought Adam Driver to light. So we thank you.
0: Yeah. And Christopher Abbott in this movie. He was also girls.
1: So she's a spotter of talent. She's really a casting genius.
0: Yeah, genius. Yeah. That's true. I mean, she got like she basically found the the male movie star of his generation. That's true. Which is counts for a lot. (laughs) It does count for a (laughs) lot. That's a big that's a big find.
1: (laughs) Shout out Lena Dunham. Thank you. I don't know how we got here, but
0: Lena Dunham used to we date did. Jack Antonoff. Oh, that's right. He's married to Margaret Wally. I just six no degrees way, of separation. There's
1: no way that marriage lasts, right? I have no idea. <laughs> there's no way they can. Do you do you like Jack Antonoff? I don't know anything about him. I know he's in a band called Bleachers, right? That's what I know. But he's like a ma- master producer as well. Like are, you, are you are you afraid
0: of him because he like kind of has the style you would like to have, like the sort <laughs> of like the aesthetic? Yeah. No. Like the tucked never. in, like, I would never sort of like old graphic t shirts where it's like, you know, like a NASCAR shirt tucked into jeans. And the NASCAR shirt's like $150 and the jeans are $7,000, but he looks like homeless in Yeah. that kind of style. No. So he's
1: doing it for the likes. Yeah. I do it for the love of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we thank you for listening to the Legends <laughs> Podcast. If you made it this far, we thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye. Happy New Year.